What's up, Immortal X friends? It's Cody. Riley. And we are back with a brand new episode uh, to talk about what we've been reading uh, in the new year so far. And it is it is the end. It is the beginning of the end, which we have been uh, forecasting for a while, but now it is here. We are officially in the post, I guess, is this still Fall of X? It might be considered that, but we're in like the end of the Fall of X. The end of the Krakoan era is here. And Riley and I are going to chat and share some feelings as we kind of enter into this new week. Riley, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I do have like a cold, so I might sound a little disgusting right now, but I'm doing all right. Um, It was a good winter break for reading and just yeah. kind of catching up on some stuff. So, yeah. Um, So, Riley, I am very excited that you just finished this and it's been something that I've been wanting to talk about on the pod right away. So, uh, Riley, you just finished a giant hulking book. What did you just finish? Yeah, I uh, I just read probably around sixteen hundred pages of Immortal Hulk. Uh, I read issues, but like multiple of them are oversized, right? Is it 50? Yeah, and then there's also like in the omnibus, there's also Gamma Flight issue oh, yeah. one through six, and a couple of one shots and stuff. Uh, I didn't read the Gamma Flight issues, um, but I read one through fifty. Uh, along with a couple of like there's a king and black tie-in and and a couple of other ones in there she hulk issue um yeah so i took down a ton of those um you did that really that fast was pretty too. fun yeah uh it was one of those where like you know immortal hulk is not um it's not the easiest thing to to chew on you know it takes a minute to kind of digest what an issue is you know some of them are a little more straightforward than others but i wanted to take that book down before the end of christmas break that way i could kind of digest it and everything before i'm you know i'm reading issues of this while i'm really tired and ready to go to sleep from the day you know and all that so yeah um I took down probably the last 15 issues in one sitting. Yeah. Um over I feel like, like a you three kind or four hour period. With that yeah. last chunk too. So um you and I had two very different experiences reading uh Immortal Hulk. I read it almost exclusively. No, it was exclusively on Marvel Unlimited um this summer while I was traveling. Um, and so it got me through like a lot of plane rides. Um yeah. and I by the time I finished it, I'm not sure if it was just the nostalgia of the traveling or how impacted I kind of felt by the story's ending, um, just my you know continued love for Ewing or what. Uh, but I I purchased the the Omni format, the Omnibus format of it when it was on sale over um, Black Friday, and I, yeah, you got you read that, so you've read my Omni before I got to, um, and so you read, and it is it is a giant book. Yeah, seventeen hundred pages, I believe, right around there. Yeah, thing is colossal. In fact, like it's so big that you know we've been joking about that book being just just a meaty thing. But like, I couldn't help but think to myself as I would open it, like, I don't know that this book lasts forever. You know, I, like, I don't know if the book you know, will be immortal. I think I had that same thought when I've opened it and flipped through it before I let you borrow. Where I was like, I. Like this is this is like a read a few times in my lifetime book and like, you know, eventually like let a few people borrow it. But then that's kind of you have to be very careful with that book. I feel like it is just not. It's not built to last, 
you know, yeah. and then that's not me saying that the quality of the book isn't good. It's just when you have 1700 pages and one giant thing, like it's just not destined to live forever. I, I feel like that was kind of not, not the point, not to make a destroyed book, but like there definitely is a version of this where they could have broken this up into two. They two definitely could have clear omnis. And the fact that they didn't feels like a very active choice to kind of be like, like, should we should we try it should we do it should the book called immortal hulk be like the biggest book we've ever made yeah so. but it also then like the question can be posed like if you can pull this off you know a yep there's 58 total issues or whatever in that book like why are some of the daredevil volumes like a whole like 18 issues yeah. 400 pages and you know almost the same price you know yeah. what i mean and i, and I think um, that's it and i think that is a big marketing question and i saw a few people um I, I was on reddit today and i saw a few people talking about devil's reign um and the idea that it's like there's not a devil's reign like just the event hardcover that's coming out Instead, it's like you can get you can get the trade paperback of it or you can get the Omni of all of Devil's Reign. And I, I'm guilty of that. You're guilty of that. Like we, you know, for Judgment Day, like we got the Judgment Day Omnibus um, versus just, you know, the Judgment Day, the standalone eight issues or whatever that was. And it's like that was a purchase that for me, because Gillen was writing so many of those other books like it made sense like i'm like the full story is judgment day death to mutants immortal x-men like that's that's the yeah. way to do it and so to me that was the only way to fully like make that story worth it um but i and i, I haven't read devil's reign you haven't read zadarsky's run yet but i do wonder if if as our generation our listeners as you know kind of millennials with you know a bit of money to spend on stuff like this like are we going to see more omnis and less of the the hardcovers? And I think the answer might be yes. No, I actually, the answer is yes. Yeah. Like it's, it's been confirmed by a few different sources that they're not doing hardcovers anymore. Well, so why do you, few... why do you think that is? Or why have they said? I don't know. I don't know if there is a reason for that. I think it's just the cost of printing books, you know, like the, uh, people who are buying these things are probably buying the omnibus versions for all of these things because you can kind of complete the run in one swoop, you know, mm -hmm. whether or not you loved every single issue of Judgment Day, for example, if you buy the omnibus, you have it if you want it, you know, and yeah. I think there's the whole completionist uh, aspect of this, you know, that people just want to have all of it, you yeah. know, and you know, um, each of us are guilty of that, you know, like we don't love this thing, but I have to buy it because I have every other issue, totally. you know, um, so I don't know. But yeah, they're not doing they are well, stopping uh, hardcovers, at least, you know, for the foreseeable future. There's a couple left that have been confirmed to come out, but that is something that we're going to wonder about moving forward with some of the Krakoan books, right? Like yeah, we've I talked before that we would love to have immortal X-Men or X-Men read in like a really cool hardcover form, the way that most of Dawn of X and, uh, and all of that era was collected in those hardcovers, but are they going to do it anymore? And I don't 
think that they are, but I'm hoping to be wrong. I hope to, I hope we're wrong too, because uh, like obviously you and I both have some very like nice shelves of the early Krakoa era books up to Inferno, and I now have Sense of Sinister, and we'll have um, Judgment Day. I would love to fill those in with Duggan's X Men, Immortal X Men, and X Men Red. You know, three books that you and I have been very you know very hot on up until recently to to kind of fill in that shelf and like have a complete story. Right. Um, up to this uh fall of the house of x powers powers of 10 you know hopefully you know all things all things willing we'll talk about that a little bit later but uh what's really interesting to me is when i first started collecting um like more seriously back in 20 probably like 2012 2013 um the way that books would be released is obviously the monthly singles and then they would usually collect six in a hardcover. Like like the hardcover would come out first. Um, and then after that, you'd have to wait a few more months if you wanted like the cheaper paperbacks. Um, right. And so now it's just like, you know, you're skipping that initial hardcover <laughs> and then going straight to the paperbacks. And then occasionally, and I still have my, I have Hawkeye in this collection still, they would start collecting them as like the 12 issue hardcovers and those were like more of the nice deluxe ones yeah um, and so it's just it's just really interesting to see how that has changed um and how it really has changed i think in the time that you and i have been talking about this stuff in like kind of the past three years yeah yeah and i mean for me like i haven't spent very much time collecting these books but knowing that um like it is a sure thing that whether or not they're producing new ones Marvel does not reprint hardcovers, yeah. you know? And so when, for instance, I finished reading Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run through Secret Wars, it was like, oh, I'd love to have all of this. And I know they're reprinting the Omnis next year, you know, cool. But then finding out the Secret Wars hardcover is out of print, they will never make more of those. And as time goes on, they will only get more expensive on the secondary market, you know, so it's, that's kind of helped me approach how I collect the books, you know, it's like, I have to grab that like right now before it triples in price by and the time I'm really... looking for it in a year. You have a really nicely curated collection, I think, of a lot of hardcover events. And it just it it does crack me up because at the time my you know cheap immediate post college like dumbass like would literally pass on these hardcovers that you and I are now like trying to track down because I'd be like oh cool like there's a sale on the trade paperback and it's like that that was that was, was what was important to me was reading it and then like passing it on <laughs> to my friends to read but now as I'm trying to like complete you know the the ultimate library there's all these things where I'm like I held. I held this hardcover and passed on it um, multiple, multiple times um, because I, yeah. really, I was like, I can wait. I can wait till the paperback comes out. So here we are. Um, Leslie, my wife, is like notorious about she is she's been on the record multiple times saying, like, I don't like reading hardcover books. And so she makes fun of the Omnis a lot. And like, especially when she was reading um, House and Powers or uh, Whedon's Astonishing She's like, oh, this book's so heavy, like, oh, these hardcovers. But I got her a um, fantasy book for Christmas, and she just, like, she devoured it. And it was a hardcover. And then uh, she got the sequel as a hardcover. And then the other night, right before we are going to bed, she was just like, actually, 
think I I understand hardcovers now. And I was like, well, well, well. Um, so, uh, hard well, I think the way that I've always thought about this kind of stuff is like, you know, my dad and I growing up, like we go to the movies and see this thing that we love. And then we anticipate for months that it'll come out on DVD. But then you can look around and say the Walmart version has four special features on it while the best buy version is a steel book and it has 17 special features on you know and so like growing up all of the physical media that i was buying with my parents was very much a like what's the best version you know what's the the one that i'm gonna keep forever that has the most bang for your buck and that kind of thing and so when it's you know all of the I wouldn't say that in our libraries, every single book that we own is like the most favorite story of all time or anything. But the way that I think about both my comic collection and my vinyl collection are I have invested in having like the version of this that I want to have for a long time, you know, so I mean, yeah, the the omnibus like you know, with Judgment Day, for example, again, like I didn't read every single issue and I didn't love every single issue, but I liked the story enough at the end to have the really nice package for a long time. You know, the the single issues sitting in the box eventually will be kind of destroyed and falling apart, you know, uh, maybe get lost or damaged somewhere. But this omnibus version will be really nicely kept uh, and stored and all that stuff. So I don't know. That's kind of the way I think about all yeah, this stuff, I, think, I guess. I think that's how I think of it too, where it's like, and especially now that I, you know, have been very fortunate enough to have nice bookshelves and a place to store them and like wanting that same thing, that that definitive version of these different pieces. But for me, just, you know, now having having a home and having this the space or lack of space, it's now becoming like, what what eventually do I do with my, my single issues i i definitely yeah. don't i don't want to be the guy you know 10 years from now with with 10 long boxes like i really don't and i'm already the guy with three long boxes and so it's just like it's trying to figure that out and i i don't know the answer um especially as there's some things i'm like i don't know if i'll ever reread that like i really i don't um and i've gotten the ones that i have revisited often um so i don't know i think that's honestly been something that's on my mind as we're you know just starting to get into this new new era of of collecting yeah i don't know i mean you could also you know you could always like the stuff that you don't want to read anymore or you have in a nice format now or whatever like sell to a local comic shop you know maybe some kid will buy it you know and kind of pay it forward in a way you know so i think there is something really like I agree. I think that is that's the normal person answer. I think there is something of like parting with these single issues that I have memorized of like the order that they are and like for a lot of them like where I was when this came out, where I read them and the way that my cataloging mind works that I get a little like I, like what do I do with these? Do I want to do I want to part them? And I don't know. I don't know the answer, but um I it is crazy to think like this this Krakoa era is going to be over and I'm gonna have like two giant boxes of like all of it, um and I'm I'm sure there are others in this world that can say the same thing but I am curious, 
how many of us there are who are like, yeah. I have all of this in physical beginning to end. And what's also, in, I think I know, like, I think there's two issues of the Krakoa era that I'm missing still. And I think that's it. What are those? I think I miss, uh, maybe it's just one. I'm missing a Rogan Gambit. <laughs> you know, real, you know, real quality issue to be missing. I think it's like Rogan Gambit two or three. Um, my honest thought just now was, oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, I know totally. And it's like it was, it's 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 crazy. There's a few. There's a few of these. Um, even as I've been thinking about, I, I know I've been telling you like a pod that I really wanted to do is like, oh, let's rank all the Krakoan series. And you're like, I didn't read all of them. You're the psycho that did. And yeah, it it becomes more evident with each time that that is where I was. Um, Rogan Gambit you know side side review really fast honestly kind of cool um there's a few mutants that were going missing including um our boy eden manifold and uh i was really sad when that happened uh just because we came off of a cool sword run and we came off of going into x-men red and so seeing eden kind of just pushed to the pages of going missing in rogan gambit was a bit of a bummer um, but that's kind of how some of these threads of Krakoa have felt as we near the end. Yeah. But, but we've also like, I don't want that to be our segue. And I'm sorry, listeners. Riley, I think Riley and I are just enjoying talking today. Um, we still haven't really talked about Immortal Hulk. And we, we talked about how it was collected. We actually haven't uh, dove in. Um, I'm, let me let me set the stage for Immortal Hulk. Um, Immortal Hulk, written by Al Ewing, is essentially a a horror comic um, set in the Marvel universe. It is about um, the return of the presumed dead Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Um, And when the story begins, the Hulk is only appearing now at nighttime and Banner has lost complete control and has no recollection of what the Hulk is doing in his stead. Um, And while that is the launching point, what immortal Hulk ends up turning into is essentially a, scientific and spiritual and cosmic examination of the consequences of uh gamut radiation fathers and sons and the consequences of a a beast like the hulk and the potential of that monster that is inside all of us with disgusting imagery almost every other page and some of the coolest ending splash pages, I think, in all of comics. That's my Immortal Hulk pitch. How'd I do? I wasn't really listening, but you sounded really into it, so. Um, I was into Immortal Hulk. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for Immortal Hulk. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll try and do a, a end cap when we're done with the spoilers. What do you think, Riley? How was Immortal Hulk for you? um i clearly liked it i liked it too yeah i i really enjoyed it um i don't think that i enjoyed it enough to go and buy the 1700 page book um but i really appreciated how bold it is yeah and just how weird and different than what i expected um i think the art is perfect for that run that um the the choice of artists whose name i'm not remembering I'm totally at this moment as well. um, yeah. 
who did the majority of it. Yeah, it is disgusting in yeah. some places. And it, it very much is a horror book. And I appreciate that a lot. I don't think that I had read anything else that had such um, like roots in horror. Like that um, tone for a comic, especially like a main two, like Marvel DC comic. Like I had I had not read something with that that taste either. That was very unexpected at the beginning. Um, you know, I read the first 12 issues on Marvel Unlimited before just getting busy and having to just press pause. But I remember just the hype around Immortal Hulk was just crazy. You know, I had heard people talk about Immortal Hulk, World War Hulk, and Planet Hulk, and I hadn't read any of them, you know. Um, and so I finished some run of something on Marvel Unlimited. It was like, I'll try one of those Hulk books, you know, and that's just the first one I thought of. And I remember reading some of those issues and just being like, this is so much darker and creepier and um, and just a little bit more like um, unsettling than I would have expected a Hulk book to be. Totally. Um, but yeah, some of those issues are just really transcendent. You know, um, I remember the issue number two kicks all the ass like it is hardcore you know this dad trying to give his like all-star football son you know this serum to kind of help him you know what i don't remember exactly the yeah. reason why but then it going wrong and uh his penance is to be buried in a mountain for all time or whatever and just being like this is this is way more unsettling and hardcore than i expected this book to be um you know you're uh all of your when all of your uh, exposure to Hulk is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you don't really expect, you know, dissociative identity disorder, yeah. you know, body horror. Like when he's transforming back and forth between Banner and Hulk or any of the other personalities, it's really disgusting. Like, so you know, gross. it's not just stretch and grow. It's a like your body completely just rips apart and transforms and it's like ooze and goo and, and limbs yeah. like exploding. Yeah. Um, have you besides the MC, have you ever been like not not reading as you said, but have you been like a Hulk guy? Like, did you did you like the 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 first Hulk movie, the Ang Lee, Eric Bana one? Was that big for you? No, you know, I don't even really remember if I saw it in, in full, you know, it was yeah. one of those movies that like I knew about and it was like on TV when I was around in the room and stuff. But like, I don't think that I saw that in the theater. I don't know that I can say that I've seen it all the way through. Okay. Um. So, you know, I was huge on the Spider-Man movies yeah. back then and the X-Men movies, but I think I kind of just missed that one. That's so um, funny. That one was really so, big for me. Like, yeah, so in a lot of yeah. ways, this was my first exposure to like what a a not, you know, Mark Ruffalo yeah. Hulk is. The Ang Lee 2002 movie for like for all of its flaws and like things that it gets cited for something that was so cool about that movie, especially as like a young kid interested in film and seeing the Spider-Man X-Men is it was so dark and and they did a really good job of making Nick Nolte plays um, Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner's dad and is just a terrifying man. And, and so getting to, like kind of having that as like my Hulk like introduction 
um as as a you know fifth sixth grader and then seeing this represented and just always kind of wanting a bit more of like a darker hulk than like what ruffalo gave um this this was really exciting uh, i think yeah. and, and it kind of scratched an itch that i had forgotten was there um there's some really fun like hulk video games from that era too that also had all sorts of weird gamma villains and you know hulk hulk has weird villains he has a very weird rogue gallery um like obviously abomination gets the like top billing in the movie but like um the leader is weird zemnu is weird um and it's it's a bizarre hulk hulk having very different personalities and like a a wide array of rebrandings and reboots throughout marvel's run is like it's a it's a bizarre take like that character has been to so many places and i really thought this book did a pretty good job of like showcasing all of those eras yeah um i i really liked a lot of the villains the leader was pretty terrible um zemnu is a standout from the run just yeah. kind of the the goofiness of him um dario agar coming back this would be the first time i don't know i've i don't know if this is the first time he's seen post aaron's thor run but this would have been coming out after. i think concurrently or after um the war of the realms is yeah. over which gets kind of uh talked about a little bit um yeah cool to see some of these characters um cool to meet some new ones uh betty ross being the creature that she is is pretty yeah. unsettling and crazy um Had you you yeah because in avx <laughs> she's already red hulk so you've you've seen red hulk betty yes yeah okay yes so i think um i sing the book's praises in terms of how bold it is yeah. you know it, it is really a crazy journey i did not expect it to be what it was you know um, it's very philosophical, which is cool. Um, I appreciate that about this book a lot. Yeah. I will say that like, if I had known that going forward from the beginning, I think I would have appreciated it a little more, you know, like I'm not what eager. It becomes or, yeah. yeah, because I think a lot of the, I don't feel like you end the issue 50 and close the book with a ton of like just answers yeah. you know and i think that's that's super on purpose i think ewing is uh posing a lot of philosophical questions you know if like the whole thesis statement of the run is like is he a monster is he a man you know and or is he both i think there's a lot of like debate that you can have based on what the run is and all that stuff. But I didn't feel like there was a lot of resolution for me, yeah. but I think that was by design. And so I appreciate that. It just, I'm not eager to reread the story, but when I do, I think I'll appreciate it more the second time. Super fair. I um spoiler alert for the ending of immortal Hulk something that I've been really wanting to talk to anyone about. Um, when Hulk goes to hell and when Hulk goes to the gamma irradiated place beyond the green door that we keep seeing, um, eventually we realize that the one below all, the devil himself, 
has been tormenting Bruce Banner his entire life, almost in a Bruce was chosen to suffer sort of way. Um, there's a lot of Job references. I think there's even some like Job verses that pop up here and there. Um, the second reveal, though, of the one below all is that he is one and the same as the one above all, and that it is God himself who has been having a hand to play in the life of Bruce Banner and all that has happened, and who is this individual or any of these people on this journey to question it. What did you think of this reveal? Well, I think I really liked the parallels to the book of Job from the Bible. Um, I think... Spoiler alert for the book of Job from the Bible, by the way. Yeah. The book's been out for a while, though. So, I mean, how bad do we really feel that... Do you have a hardcover of the book of Job, or are you still in singles? (laughs) Yeah. Chapter by chapter. What a... You know, wow, this book got crazy. Yeah, what an engrossing read week by week, man. Um, yeah, uh, a little abstract, I think. Yeah, um, does the one, the one below all, does that show up in another one of Ewing's books? I can't remember. Um, I think so. I'm just gonna say yes, even though I'm not sure, like, um. I was thinking about this too. A book of Ewing's that I really want to reread is uh, his uh, Defenders and Defenders Beyond um, because there's actually some like white hot room stuff that he does in those that have now made their way into Immortal with Gillen playing with the same ideas. And they kind of teased the Enigma machine like years ago, which is so absurd uh, before either of them were on any of these books before they were even on red and immortal which is just props team props um but all that being said uh i i I know it does but i don't remember where i feel like this wasn't my first exposure to the one below all yeah um yeah. I'm talking with him on Zoom right now. I was like, that's um, what you that's what Riley usually refers to me as is the one below all. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. Pretty abstract, but I like the fact that they were one and the same. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. And so the parallel becomes then like, you know, the whole book of Job then is summarized by the concept of like, you're suffering, but I love you though. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I kind of, I like the parallel with the one above all saying like you were chosen and, you know, you suffer because everything has to balance out and, totally. you know, all of that. And I don't know. It it's was also it was saying pretty... God and the devil are the same, like, like, or are two sides of the same coin, which was also just the way I chuckled on an airplane, like while reading that was just so amazing like i i was so excited to read that i'm like no way is he doing this like like in a hulk book there's a multi-page spread of just god's text like talking to him like it's 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 so cool i yeah yeah i think that's when i knew it's... i was buying it <laughs> and i was like ah well yeah. god is the villain of the hulk so here we go 
Yeah, it's super bold. You know, I just respect it so much because it's not what I would have expected to happen, yeah. you know, um, and maybe that's why I have a little trouble like reconciling my feelings to it because maybe I wanted it to be something else. So it was a little bit more black and white. Um, but I just really respect the way that it went. You know, it, I just I could never have guessed that this thing would have ended with, you know, Hulk in hell talking to God, yeah. you know, and this just doesn't feel like with the leader being the guess. grossest monstrosity, like, yeah, like chained up to different versions of Hulk from Planet Hulk to Jet. Like, I, I think that's why I also love it so much. So another book that I read this summer that I really want you to read um, is is Donny Cates's uh, Venom Run. and. I knew the ending of that book before I started because I read King in Black because it had X-Men tie-ins. And even right now, you and I have not read Zdarsky's Daredevil, but we know it kind of ends in Devil's Reign. And what I think felt so refreshing about reading Immortal Hulk is exactly what you're saying. Like, I had no idea where this was going. All I knew is that it was going to last 50 issues. And so I think that was part of what made it so fun. And so like what is happening to read is because like there were no, you know, there were no tie-ins or, or you know, Gamma Flight spins off, but like whatever, like you just, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I think it sounds like you didn't either. Yeah. yeah. I think this, this kind of takes into a, a separate conversation, but one that I think we should have, and that is, Besides one King and Black tie-in, Immortal Hulk was just allowed to do its thing from issue one to issue 50. Yeah. Right? And, like, the, the King and Black tie-in is separate from that. It's not even the one of the 50 issues is that, you know? And I think that it begs for the conversation of, like, are there way too many Marvel events? And do writers and creators should they be allowed to just do their thing without having to think about when i get to issue seven and at seven through nine of my fur of my whatever run i'm gonna have to conform to whatever event is happening yeah you know and like you and i have loved some tie-in books before right like when we get to judgment day like x-men reds tie-ins are some of the best issues of that whole event right yeah but do writers should writers have the ability to do 50 issues without being messed with anywhere in the middle you know i so, i think this is a huge example of why they should you know yeah. if I, I don't know if it was a like hey al we want you to do some you know some event tie-ins for empire or something i know he was like one of the creators of empire or whatever but like yeah and he's like nah it, it's not gonna work out for this like it's gonna so, this isn't right for that you know i'm gonna give a few i'm gonna give a few points on just some stuff that i have like either heard or seen um so i remember this was probably back in 20 2014 at WonderCon. it was when um pick fingers was still coming out um but it was post infinity and kelly sudaconic who was writing um, Captain Marvel at the time during her like kind of legendary rebooting of the character run she was talking about how Marvel writers and editorial like they go on a retreat 
they go on a retreat almost every year and that's basically their creative summit where they kind of slot books talk about events pitch different things and go different ways and she tells the story and see Secret Wars hasn't come out yet. Um, Time Runs Out hasn't started, but she she tells the story of when Hickman pitched Infinity like to the, the team. And basically they got to kind of, especially those that like shared toys at the time, like decide who was going to get to play in the Infinity Sandbox. And it sounded like for that, she's like, actually like I can have some Captain Marvel tie-ins that will work with what I'm trying to do with Carol at the time. Um, but others were like, uh, and I forgot who she referenced in that article, but she's like others doing the Marvel now stuff at the time, like, you know, kind of completely opted out. And I think of that era, like that's when, um, Bendis was writing X-Men Bendis's X-Men didn't touch infinity at all. In fact, the X-Men, you know, beast is going on with the Illuminati at that time, but they appear in a panel in infinity, like fighting off the, the, the black order um but you know they he didn't really have to do that but you know kind of flash forward to um to now i think of you know the idea of of krakoa right like you know you have something like ten of swords like everything tied into that but on that one everyone chose to be a chapter of that and that was that was cool that was a cool experiment i think that you and i really worked for us where it's like it told the story forward but you know we now have something like fall of x where there's like there shouldn't be more times this is not what i'm arguing for but the marvel landscape is also just completely whacked right now but it's like there's instead of all of these other random books popped out of nowhere and all of the other tie-ins with red and immortal and you know duggan's x-men even though these are people who i trust and like like their books get kind of flatlined by by a, an event i that's kind of rambling but like i guess that's kind of that's kind of just some thoughts of of the events but you know ewing i wonder if part of like we've seen ewing we've talked about this before like ewing's guardians run his sword run his x-men red run like half of all of those books are event books. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Well, another one that I was thinking of is, um, you know, separately to this podcast episode, there's been a poll on Reddit for the last week or so, uh, basically eliminating Krakoan era books until you've got your, your top voted, like, you know, which one is the best kind of situation. And, uh, sword is one that i'm shocked is still there yeah um and the reason for that is not that i didn't like sword but that there weren't that many issues of it and half of those were tie-ins to something it feels like so it's one of those like i don't feel sword can stand on its own because it's kind of just an X-Men red prequel in a way, but also just tie-in issues. It, it's just, it feels like one of those things that if like, you know, maybe it was Ewing's choice. Like, I don't know anything about all this, you know, but it makes me wonder if on one hand reading Ewing's untouched by tie-ins Immortal Hulk being exactly the vision that he wanted for it from top to bottom versus 
his sword run, which might be more memorable had he not had to do a whole bunch of tie-ins, you know? Yeah. And I wonder, I guess, was that a choice? Was that something that Marvel's like, yeah, you can write this book, but you're going to have to like kind of conform to the larger plan, you know, and maybe it's a little bit of both, whatever. Like, I really don't know. But I think it just begs the question of like, yeah. you know, should writers have the ability to just do whatever they want for a little bit longer before they have to conform to whatever event is happening? So I think I think the short answer is I wish. I think the longer answer is like there's no obviously I'd like I'd like to stand here and say like good art will sell regardless. Like let writers cook, let artists do the weird stuff. But it's like you even have someone who is like as tried and true as as Ewing. And you know, I think you and I, we both read the the newsletter like that he puts out. And it's like he's even saying something immortal for the book that he is writing right now. He's gone on record as saying he's like, guess what? Like Immortal Hulk had a landmark run. I am not guaranteed this book past issue five. Like, please buy and please read. And then he had another one, Avengers Incorporated. And I'll be like, I didn't check that out. I just, you know, I had a few other pools that looked interesting. I forgot to order it in time because it kind of snuck up. Um, that that book's done. Like that book, that book is done at issue six. And and so it's like that book got to be weird. That book got to be those things. And so it's like, if you have these standalone books that could have the potential, like I guarantee if you gave Ewing 24 issues on something weird like that, that would have probably been one of our favorite books of the next year as you and I jumped in. But now like it's, so if you're, if you're Marvel editorial and I'm not, I'm not saying like, this is how it should be, but it's like, if you're Marvel editorial and the books that are selling are, you know, the, the freaking King and black tie-ins because there's venom variants on the cover because it's adding to the connected continuity. Like, yeah, you're going to have an event every four months. Yeah. You're going to turn yeah. like, yeah, you're going to like, here's the deal. Like I guarantee, I guarantee when Ewing, um, when Ewing pitched the sword book, sword and X-Men red were one book and X-Men red is just what, what like that was part of the same pitch like that was part of the same pitch because it, it is they're they're two halves of the same book i guarantee that when gillen pitched judgment day as an arc for his immortal x-men run and his eternals run that wasn't going to be the big marquee event that it was it would have just been a dueling thing between the two books like so i guess events sell like that's that's proven again i just even think now like marvel comics right like they do at, at comic cons they they do like literally what marvel studios does right like they have the calendar for the year and then they show the big splash images of their upcoming events because it gets people talking i guess so and you get to have new issue number ones and tie-ins and yeah so yeah i think there's too many i want i think we're you know we've seen yeah, let's I think let's I think this is a great segue now into talking about Immortal Red, the end of two two of our favorite books of the past two years ended. And you know, you and I didn't even feel the need to like do a major episode. Um, you and I like like ah, we'll talk about it soon. Like we text a little bit, but it's like that's so sad. Like, like yeah, yeah, to our favorite thing. And I liked it. I liked the ending of both, but it's also like there wasn't a lot of fanfare because neither of those books are really over. 
they just got renamed for their final five freaking issues. Like, yeah, that's silly. And it's whatever. Like, that's that's a whole other thing. <clears throat> or maybe that is this thing. So. I don't know. All right. So let's let's get into this. Let's um, get into it. I am still hopeful that the last. I don't know. I don't know how many issue it issues it is it's probably between now and the very very end we have less than 20 issues of stuff left right five of fall five of rise three of uh resurrection of magneto not only three i think it's three something in my memory is telling me that i thought it was another i think it's four okay let's let's say four four. it might be four and then x-men forever which is five or five maybe four yeah yeah so we're kind of right around 20 issues left you know and i know that duggan's x-men duggan's x-men which is still going during this yeah and Um, percy's wolverine versus Sabretooth war going on in the pages and beast yeah i don't know i i I really want to be optimistic and say like the the X office has to, you know, they have these kind of Zoom meetings and they say we have to stick this landing. Yeah. You know, like nobody's writing shit thinking like, yeah, this is fine. No, nobody you know? does that. But um, you know, it is for me it right now it is hard to be optimistic about what it's going to be. And it's Zoom at my okay, worst moment. Hold on, let's clarify that. Are you saying like it's hard for you to be optimistic about what the ending is going to be or about what's next yes. is going to be. Cool. Well, both, but yeah. we'll, for now, let's yeah. just talk okay. about the, the just ending be of clear. the... Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think you and I have gone on record as to say that besides a few select issues that were really fun and enjoyable, the last like four or five months worth of Krakoan books could just not exist and it would be fine. Yeah. Like there are issues that came out between July and December that were fun reads that we really enjoyed. You're like, dang, that was fun, you know, but by and large, if you took out those like five months, you would be fine. Like you didn't need any of that. You know what I mean? And so it's, I think maybe some recency bias that is like, here we are at the very end, but I don't feel like we you know it's like uh if if fall of the house of x and rise of the powers of 10 are is secret wars time runs out is the like every issue is just it's ramping up and ramping up to this big giant whatever but this was not time runs out no time runs out fall of x was not time runs out at all like it did not ratchet things up it did not really um, give us a whole lot of momentum or movement of no. the characters. Characters have just, they're still dead after five months. We don't know a whole lot of new information that we didn't know five months ago leading us here into the end. It feels very much like let's end at summer versus end at Christmas. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's difficult to be optimistic for the end when the last five months of the books, even the books that I have been praising for three years or whatever, yeah, are still a little bit like meh. 
you know yeah. like when immortal x-men or x-men red are kind of getting us to be a little bit like okay it you know i just i feel like we're in a, a bad place yeah i i know i think i totally agree i think i think the comparison to time runs out is really apt especially now that we're technically in like we're in the first issue of the secret wars equivalent with fall of the house of x and you cannot read Secret Wars without reading Time Runs Out, or you should not. Like, if you just yeah. up a trade of that, like, you you would be so... It's not worth it. Um, Every issue of Time Runs Out, like, added to this narrative. It built, it crescendoed, it continued to, like... It killed off characters that, that would then not factor into Secret Wars. And this book, like, I just... I, what I think is even shocking, and I think even more telling, is, like, even where characters are at the end of immortal and red, like where we have left them, like Xavier, you know, is on Muir Island with sinister. That's not really what's going on when fall of the house of X picks up. I guarantee that that's where, you know, um, X-Men forever will find them still and tie that in. But it's like, it almost feels like we're, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure Storm and the forces of Arako are going to, you know, forces of Gondor down onto Earth, like along with the Brute. Like I 100% know and feel like pretty confident that that's going to happen at some point, right? But I, it you don't need to know about the you don't need to know about the Iraqi War with with um with Genesis, like really to to tie that in. Like I bet you won't. I bet it will still just be at that place. Yeah. And can I go a step further? Yeah, please. I I would even take that one a step further and like Al Ewing, like right now you're our guy. Like we we love the shit that you write. But I don't feel like the Genesis War was necessary whatsoever. Yeah. Like now that it's over and I can look at the full picture. Did you I think that yeah. Because I I reread both that and immortal the past few months and immortal immortal tasted better um reading it all together than x-men red did for me yeah yeah i think that the genesis war still being kind of manipulated by annihilation cheapens the end of ten of swords that's Mm -hmm. how i feel about it like i feel like the ending of Ten of Swords puts a very nice bow on the power is broken. Apocalypse just pulled this massive feat off and saved his family, reunited with his children and his wife, you know? And if if we say that for 30 years, Apocalypse has been you are unfit and unworthy and all of that stuff for him to surrender and defeat the power of annihilation in that particular way it should be done like that's a massive sacrifice that's a massive like that's a beautiful way to end that story and so for the genesis war to then be oh but annihilation wasn't defeated at ten of swords it's like ten of swords still stands on its own as like a really cool and fun thing that i still really love but at the same time, it was like, so it didn't work, you know, yeah. it just, 
I I think I would have liked a different direction, maybe. Oh, I think um, so too. It's I think maybe you know X Men Red. So much of it was based on like what makes an Iraqi mutant. Yeah. Like, and what is what is the culture going to be like? What has it been? What things need to change? You know the the issues where Storm and Magneto work together to to do stuff to help each other and that kind of thing and um those moments come to mind when one of the um lotus logos maybe mm -hmm. where he says like help a word not used on Araco maybe something we could learn you yeah. know whatever like i love the angle of the culture and how we can change things and we can work together and take bits of this and bits of this and put them together and create something new you know and so like if the Genesis war had all been like a culture war, like Genesis being too stuck in her ways and some of the Iraqi fighting back against the movement and the, the, the evolution that they're going through, that would have been, I think, a much more interesting way of doing things yep. than Annihilation is still whispering in her ear. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, I just Not didn't, just... I didn't need it. I, I think I didn't need it either. And I think it's, you know, making the whole thing one manipulated by, you know, Coven Akaba, like that even brought them here, you know, and and then two still making it like the Annihilation Helm is the one that's really, truly like brainwashing people, like brainwashing other, you know, mutants. Like there's some that are joining of their own free will, but like, no, most of most of Araco is standing and fighting, and they're not even fighting necessarily against their ancestors. They're fighting against brainwashed versions of their ancestors. And so it's like the whole thesis point of like which Araco is correct, like is kind of muted because dude, they saying it out loud right now and talking about it, like they kind of they kind of Moira Genesis. They kind of took they took something that was very cool and had some really interesting things to say and turned her once again into like kind of a kind of a G.I. Joe villain. In this case, mm. just like a brain, another brainwashed pawn. And then guess who she's teamed up with at the end? Like, you know, they've taken over that that Orcus moon. And it's just there's just some things, man, that just like I once Hickman left everyone had permission to do whatever like that's that's not what this is but there are definitely some story threads and things that were set up that now that we're starting to get to the conclusion of this that are kind of like what were we like what are we doing or like like why why was that what you wanted to unravel or reverse course or change or just just get to that in a way where i reread i reread house and powers um in the chronological order um that they put out on marvel unlimited and it's just such a good book and i know we we've sung its praises so many times and but it was weird reading that and then reading fall of the house of x like a few hours later and and truly just seeing like how far this whole thing has kind of fallen yeah and, and i don't um, want i don't want to feel that way i like i'm still i am so excited to see what machinations gillen pulls off 
with the end of immortal and forever and just seeing some of the pages and it's like i know you are on the record of being so over the sinisters but like i am i'm just so ready to see what has made this whole arc kind of interesting and worth it and tying everything into the moira engine just all of these threads that are still there that got us excited again in a post inferno landscape and and seeing hoping hoping that x-men red comes back to what it was always good at which was like it didn't need to be lord of the rings or dune on mars it needed to be a book about like unlikely people forming a brotherhood and it it it's not felt that way the past several months because it because it's tried to be something else just like all of, yeah. all of x has tried to be something else like yeah yeah i think so um it's just uh and I'm trying to take a step back and and remind myself that like I don't want to be the guy that's just like this book isn't the way that I want it to be. Totally, because that you know? sucks. Yeah, um, yeah, that sucks, and it's not interesting. You know, when a person is like, "This sucks because it's not exactly what I want." You know, like, yeah, shut up. You know, the thing for me is just with a book like X Men Red, the first ten issues were so much of like, yeah you're Krakoan you know what I mean like you have no place among the Iraqi and then changing that and and seeing some of them kind of adapt to their you know their um their long lost cousins in a way you know and just the idea of culture and shifting and learning to accept other people and like there's so many things in that that are like applicable to our lives yes and then watching it kind of completely pivot away from all of that stuff is is just kind of a it just doesn't stick the landing and that's yeah. a real shame when it's coming from one of the like top three books that are going on right now um you know the resurrection of magneto is going to be probably an epilogue to this whole thing um so i'm still excited to see where that goes um, but it is just one of those things where like, it was so promising and it just, it, it just got away from all of the things that I think made it special, um, which doesn't take away, you know, I'm so glad that it exists. Like it was such a fun experience reading it, but you know, I don't know. It's just, um, some of these things, I think we'll look back on them and being like, that was almost amazing. And instead it's just very good. Yeah, and I also just think of, like, once again, going back to the, in my mind, Al Ewing pitching Sword, X-Men Red, the arcs playing off of, like, the guy The guy clearly can play off of an event. And some of the most exciting issues of Sword are, are like we said, like, they're event tie-ins, but they're still good. Um, That, I wonder what it would have been like if, I still feel like the thesis, and I know you and I had different plays. Like, I was fine with, I I think I do think that the thesis of what Ewing was trying to say with X Men Red like does still come through near the end, like it in a very rushed way though, in a way where I'm like, oh man, what if this was spaced out a little more? What if this did get a little smaller? What if you had some more time versus you know having to hit the the five issue mandate or whatever to tell this story in. And I'm not saying I wanted the Genesis War to end like go longer, but it's like 
I just, it is one of those, like, what could have been, and not even in a, like, what do I want it to be, but I'm like, I wonder what other version of this was there before it had to fit into the Fall of X box. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's my biggest thing. Um, I will say, I'll take a second to break my own thing, and okay. I'll be I'll be the guy that just complains about he didn't get the thing that he wanted, right? Okay. Uh just for the next like 60 seconds i'll time you 10 of swords ends off on a really great last issue okay. i'm a i'm a big fan of that final issue of 10 of swords i flip through that issue frequently mm -hmm. um apocalypse is such a highlight in the first seconds. chunk and then apocalypse goes away and they say we're putting him away for a little bit but he'll be back. Don't you worry. And so for like two years, I'm like, our boy's going to show up at the last second when we need him, you know, and he did. But it was just fine. It was fine. He showed up to summon a kaiju. You know, it was just not the <laughs> glorious end that I hoped for with the the glorious return of our boy apocalypse, you know? No, I gotcha. You know, yeah, Makes I was sense. expecting the final battle with Nimrod wolverine's dead scott summers is bleeding from his eyes and out from the heavens drops apocalypse to have a fist fight you know in an in a um an homage to powers issue yeah. one or issue two or whatever it is when he gets beaten so i don't know it's just for me the one complainy thing that i will give that is just me apocalypse's return is not near as glorious as i hoped it would be it was a it was a hard it was a hard few months for apocalypse's return because we were very excited and then seeing him as a weird pharaoh devil in the white hot room in immortal x-men and then seeing his kind of very muted almost different character seeming than when we last saw him in x-men red like I feel like where our height was definitely plummeted. And um, I just, I too, I think he was written so well. He was written so well in those X-Men issues, in those uh, uh, Ten of Swords issues. Um, yeah, and it's, 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 it's over. And I just, I don't even know how much he's going to be used in the coming months. Um, we will find out, I'm sure. Um, I think... We're here. We're here. We're here at the uh, Fall of X number. Fall of the House of X number one has dropped. To, uh, we're recording this before reading Powers of the House of Powers of Ten number Rise of the Powers of whatever. What are we doing? Rise of the Powers of Ten number one, which is the Gillen one. The Gillen one, which is probably already leaked somewhere. Um, but I don't know. I I I want to stay optimistic. Um, it's. I'm I'm getting I'm getting excited. There's there's things that make me excited in the same way that you know a lot of like Duggan threads have made me excited. It's only when I look back, if I if I can stay in the moment, like I'm I'm reading fun comics every week. Like I really am. Um, it's my problem is when I go back and read House of X. My problem is when we flip through Ten of Swords. My problem is when I like I think about what these will look like on, you know, the eventual shelf and be like, when I want to reread this epic, 
how excited like i have done this you have done this i have reread house through x-men through ten of swords through inferno like i think i've done that twice all the way through um i don't i don't feel that same need to um to reread some of these and maybe this is like recency bias in the new ways but um like lorna dane is on the celestial head recruiting brew and the brood like tying that back into the long thread it's um like Duggan has proven again and again, especially in the Hellfire Gala issues, especially in those which we have liked, like he knows what he wants to do. And he has landed such consistent, like big character moments for us and for people that we like. And Fall felt like it was treading water. And I just, I really hope that these next five issues and number one was a lot of setup and you have to like, I was thinking about that too, where it's like that fall of the house of X number one was probably a lot of people's like first X-Men issue in a while, because this is getting going. And I've even seen that on Reddit. Like a lot of people saying like, Oh, I want to read the end. I read this. What else should I read? So I, that was, that was a bit of nothing, but I guess that's kind of where I'm like, I'm hopeful while also being like, eh, whatever, what's next. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess want my Cohen tattoo. My um my kind of cynical response to that is like everyone everyone in the world went and bought Secret Wars issue one when that came out, even if they hadn't read a single issue of Avengers, but just being called Secret Wars begs to be, you know, by whoever sees it, you know. But like you said earlier, if you haven't read Time Runs Out, you're not going to understand a damn thing that happens in Secret Wars. And that's not even being snobby and saying like, oh, you have to read 70 yeah. issues in order to. But it's like you have to like it's it's not one of those things that you can kind of just pick up and get like maybe you could, but you'd be very lost. You would need to ask for help. Like what is happening here? You know, and in that way, I'm like on one hand, like. I totally can give you the grace that like you're trying to set up everything, but also be a little bit explanatory what's happening here. Uh, if you if you're welcome back, new reader, you know, if we haven't seen you since Hawkspox, here's where we are, you know, but at the same time, like. Secret Wars didn't have to do that, yeah, you know, or decided not I, to do that. I agree with you. And but I also like Secret Wars. Number one was still called Secret Wars. Number one versus, you know, Avengers. 72 or whatever like like and it still is like it's different and you shouldn't have to but it's still it's like they still do the hero's journey of like this is who you're introduced like it introduces you to who you're gonna fall like it still is an issue one like it still is an issue one for yeah. an event the same way that empire is the same way that civil like all of these things still have to be that and they are we have read everything like i've read more <laughs> everything but like like so I see this and I'm like, ah, I know this. Like, let's get to it. Oh, you're introducing all the players. But like a lot of that is just its nature of being a number one and like versus the continuation. So I guess that's the like, not the cynical, but more the like, I kind of get it. I get the setup to it being an event. And like, like, because at the same time, it doesn't spoon feed you. Like Cyclops is captured because of a murder at a gala that like that's it like that's that's what you're getting other people are just casually mentioned as dead so it's like there still is a learning curve to it while still being like a, an issue one 
Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I hope powers is just like, just so weird in the same way that reading powers of 10 for the first time was like, what is happening? This is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell people whenever I give out Hawksbox to anybody is like house of X is easy. When you get to powers of 10, you're going to be like, what, what is that? You know, and don't worry about it. Just keep going. Just push through. Take as much info as you can get, but just keep pushing through. You'll get there. That's what's so weird about reading it chronologically, because like all of that stuff is done in like the first third. And so like because it because it does it by Moira's lifeline. (laughs) So you're reading you're reading the furthest future like by like page 30 and then you read it in order and you're like, oh, my gosh, I get it. And it's it's it was cool it was really cool um in in a way that like you know if that's your first reading do not do that but having the memento effect like it does it makes it really digestible like in a way that i had not felt when like you and i have talked about it we know what goes on but every time we read it it is kind of that like you have to relearn how to read those powers of 10 issues this one was very much not that it was just like this is the story and it just it was kind of cool getting to see the actual clear arcs that Hickman had for those those storylines, seeing them yeah. condensed within a few pages. Also, the art is just so good in that book. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, yeah this is pretty good. I think we talked about a lot of good things today. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What uh? What are you excited for on the horizon? Um. There's two big books that drop tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on wednesday ultimate spider-man yeah dude like this is gonna be sweet man uh i just reread ultimate universe the one shot that came out uh, a month or two ago and uh it's just so sick dude like it's such a wild idea the concept of like if you're doing an alternate universe and you have the ability to just go totally nuts with it. To do whatever put, you want. Yeah. Make Reed Richards Dr. Doom and put Dr. Doom on the team. You know what I mean? Like, that is just so weird. You know, like, make it bonkers. You know what I mean? And I like that stuff, I think, versus change the personalities the way that the original ultimate universe was you know and lots of people love it and i love bits of it you know what i have read uh that's totally cool has a place but i think i like the idea of wonky and weird versus um you know we're just it's what you know but just kind of in a different with a different spin you know so I don't know what's about to happen in Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man, but we know that our dude is like middle-aged with two kids. Like, this is going to be sick. Like, I, it's going to be weird and unlike anything that's going on because, you know, they have to have some awareness that the main Marvel Spider-Man book is not exactly beloved right now. Yeah. So this I... is going to be weird and I'm so, so excited for it. I feel like that main Spider-Man book, though, has like there's obviously a very and i've not read it but i feel like the most that i've read of current of the of the the zeb wells run is um the oh my gosh dark web because it had some x-men tie-in stuff and it's like 
we love Zeb Wells from Hellions. I've not read the Spider-Man run, but it's like for as vocal as an outcry, it must be selling so well because it has now been one the like the another like long running arc. Um and if if it was if it was that tragic and if like he would have been fooled. And yeah. so I just I just definitely think that that's super interesting where I'm like, I think there's a lot of people that must be digging something versus the public outcry because this book is selling and they have been very fast yeah. in the past to like renumber or get new Spider-Man things out when it's not. So that's just that's just something that always interests me because I'm like, I've seen great books get canceled for a lot less. Um, yeah. But I'm so excited for Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm well, my dog is excited as well. I'm also very excited for Rise of the Powers of Ten. Um, but I I kind of can't believe that we're finally at Ultimate Spider-Man. Like it seems like not too long ago when that was announced, and then not too long ago before that when we were just like a random day discovering that Ultimate Invasion was happening. Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah. read comics. Yeah, there's um, great stuff out there. Go look for it. Follow us on our socials and we'll be back soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.